the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito and Janice Gant and Tom Bridwell. Tom, that sounded so <laughs> official. Manly. I'm Tom Bridwell. <laughs> you really could be like a book reader. <laughs> I'm going to, oh. I think I'm going to change my voice. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be Hello, I'm Janice Gunn. Janice Gunn. You know, people would be so sad if you ever... <laughs> oh, t- right. You, no, I have to tell you, when I run into people who listen to us, I have to say that at least 85% of them talk about how much they love your voice and your accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> they love it. You know, uh, did you ever watch Dolly Parton's... Um, uh, yeah, I love her. And I like Dolly Parton. I love too. Dolly Parton. But you know how she just has that sweet, very unique Southern Belle voice, and people just fall in love with her because her voice is so fantastic. Well, I think a Southern accent is a lot better than a West Texas accent. Oh, but I think I th- what I'm saying to you is I think people really love your accent. <laughs> As evidenced by the 85% that talked to me about your accent. Okay, <laughs> I believe you, Tova. Thank you. <laughs> so I don't need to go into no, the go, don't the deep voice. But I do like Tom's new little, whatever that whatever that little <laughs> zing zang was. That was three hours of sleep, Tom. Why do you only have three hours of sleep? Uh, Partially because of video games and partially because of <laughs> snoring spouse. Oh, <laughs> both of those would not work for me. At video games, I was going to be like, uh, so how old are you? <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but okay. So the last time I played video games would have been 2003, oh. back when the PlayStation 2 was out and I was touring with my band and it was like a really good way for us to kill time in the hotel room. But I went 20 years without playing and I just got a PlayStation for Betty and I PlayStation 5 about four months ago. <laughs> and and are you it having is a little fun? the most fun. I'm telling you, like, I play video golf and video soccer. And I, it's like, I'm not spending any money. I'm not going to the bar drinking. So exactly. Like, it, it's, it's a really cheap way to entertain myself, but sometimes I don't go to bed till like one o'clock. So does Betty like it? Does she, <laughs> she like loves the it. games? She absolutely loves it. She doesn't get to play a whole lot, but when she does, she loves it. And she and I are. Uh, gonna be home alone this weekend because Maureen's going out of town. So we'll probably play a lot of video I'll games. I'll bet this you weekend. do too. Yes, I hope so Maureen ha- doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> no, she hates it. She's been. She basically hasn't forgiven me for buying it for four months. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So do you? Do you? Do you remember playing Mario Brothers? Yes, that was like the best game ever, pretty much. And <clears throat> my band would eventually cover that song. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really? we actually played it at my wedding. Oh my god! That's amazing. <laughs> yep. very, very wow. infectious, infectious uh, video game song. When That's we, amazing. when Kurt and I were married, we moved to Chicago from Dallas, 
And we were in Chicago and... It's when your earrings froze on your ears. Yes, it was terrible. <laughs> and we lived in uh, an apartment in downtown Chicago while we were redoing our house up on the North Shore. And uh, so my kids played Mario Brothers and I did too and Kurt. And it was so much fun. I'd do that again right now. And they've come a long way. So, I mean, it's they're pretty fun, I got to say. I, I watch George from time to time play video games or i watch uh craig's boys play uh-huh. and i'm like it moves so fast yes and like they're i'm i am amazed at the advancement and the quality and i'm i i don't think i could do it i don't think i have the hand eye coordination that's re- required these days you, you know i you did that in the Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say you add in the internet part of it because in the old days you couldn't really connect online. But now when I play video golf, my buddy who lives in Argyle, yeah. an hour away, he, he, we put on the headset yep. and it's like we're sitting in the same room together. Yep. Another dude I from Illinois hear, that I know plays yeah. with us all the time. So. I always hear George talking to his buddies. Yeah, I'm, it's I'm amazing. like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, oh, he's playing video games. That's so fun. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's really fun. Do you know what I've been doing? So... There are 44 seasons of Survivor. Are you obsessed? I, yes. And I'm <laughs> I'm a Survivor watcher, and I haven't watched 44 seasons, but I've watched... I cannot believe there's 40. That's 44 seasons, because they come out like maybe two or three times a year sometimes, and I've probably, I've probably watched... 20 seasons maybe so i've been i've been watching old survivor episodes i bet that's kind of because oh it doesn't gosh. matter what when it happened they're all just still trying to survive yeah it's and the same it, concept just a different time yeah but if you haven't seen it it's all new to you yeah it's so fun and some of them you know some of them i think i think i did see that one but it's really it's it's like an obsession <laughs> <laughs> I can get that way about some shows. Yeah. I I think this whole TV revolution, especially with COVID, yeah. you know, I never watched, never. I didn't even know how to work my TV until COVID. Really? No. I've never watched television. Ever, never, ever, never, ever. And I love watching television. I like it too. Tom, have you watched... Uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. <gasps> Has it started? Yeah. I haven't. It's so good. You might like it. I it's read about, the book. You, so did Blair, my daughter. Uh-huh. And uh, it's, have you heard of it, Tom? I think my, is it a book? It's based yes. on a book? Uh-huh. I, I just believe my wife read, book. read that book, so that's where I've heard of it. Uh-huh. It's good. You might like it because it's about a band. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you'd like it. I, go ahead, Tom. No, you go ahead. So the, the reason I found it, so I don't read fiction. Uh-huh. Uh, like I really only read nonfiction or historical. I don't know. That's it. That I I don't care about reading fiction. But I when I was you know Field Scoville, who's my yeah. doctor, he uh, one day when I was in there for an appointment, he was like, "Have you read Daisy Jones and the Six? And I'm like, "No." And he's like, "You have to read it." He's like, "You are Daisy Jones," <laughs> and I'm like, "Is that well, Field Scoville from the Carroll Clinic?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've I've seen him before. Yeah. For a foot issue. Oh, really? A long time ago, but I just hadn't heard that name since then. So he was my doctor when I got hit by the truck, and he changed my body. I mean, he helped me heal. Yeah, he was was great for you. Yeah. 
He's he's a great guy. He is. He married one when Bren was at UT. He uh, Lyle, his wife, was Bren's roommate. So we've known him forever. And then he and Lyle moved to Lubbock when Blair was there. And then they came back to Dallas. Well, so he was in partnership with my brother-in-law. I yeah, I knew he was like super close with your family, but I I. I anyway, I read the book because he was like, "You remind me of Daisy Jones," and I was like, "Well, now I got to figure out." Wh- That's what interesting. A- <laughs> yeah, why? Because she was a rock star. Yeah. You don't sing. <laughs> no, he was like, except for the singing. But I guess there was something about her. I think because she's wild and a she little is bit wild. We need to transcend into our topic to today. But first, we need to thank our sponsor, Casey Hanna. Casey. Casey, thank you. Yes, she, thank I think you, she has sponsored us several times. I think so too. Yeah, she's a big fan. She's always like sending the love on Instagram, and oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, thank I really you. appreciate about that about her. Okay, so today we are talking about contentment. How to be content? There's 15 tips to find contentment. So I think the first thing that would be helpful is to figure out what is contentment. <clears throat> which I like this way to start because, Mm -hmm. you know, you think about like, I've thought a lot about this word contentment long before you ever suggested this as a topic because I've taught it with like my Bible studies because the Bible Uh talks a lot about contentment. And when I've taught Bible studies, you think about like if somebody was to say to you, hey, T, how you doing? Or hey, Janice, how, how are you doing today? Tom, how are things in life? And you're like, oh, I'm just content. Like, you'd be like, that's the least sexy answer. (laughs) (laughs) Least sexy answer of all time. And yet, there's something really spectacular about that word. So this article uh, answers the question, what is contentment? Contentment or contentedness is a state of being satisfied with what you have, where you are, or who you are. Being content means you're happy with your current state and don't need or want anything more to maintain your level of happiness. The opposite of contentment is dissatisfaction or unhappiness. Being content about being able to appreciate where you are at that moment in time instead of sulking about what you don't have or constantly thinking about the grass is greener on the other side. There's nothing wrong with being ambitious and wanting more for your life. After all, you only get one, so you might as well make the most of it. But don't get so caught up that you can't attain happiness from the present. That's where contentment comes into play. If you just can't seem to be satisfied and appreciate the present moment in time, here are 15 tips to be content in your life. Love it. Yeah, it's a, isn't that a great explanation? It's the best I've ever heard. Because, and what I like about it is that it it says it's okay to still want more. Yeah, and to be ambitious. And to be ambitious mm-hmm. and to be, you know, want to go different places and all of that. But if it becomes an obsession and with you, you and have robs to, your happiness and robs your happiness, then that dissatisfaction is not going to be satiated, mm-hmm. you know, with content with the good. Yeah, I think it's actually the best, the best description of what of the value of being content that I've ever heard. Yeah, me too. And, you know, in in our world, 
we are we are at least in in our friendship groups and and our where we live and all of that you have a lot of people that want more and more and more and more mm-hmm. or bigger mm-hmm. or i when i drive around in the neighborhood and look at the houses that are being built they are shocking monstrous and i'm not th- i'm not saying that is wrong because yeah. it's not yeah but it's truly confusing to me because i don't know what i would do with all of that right. space right. you know and but i think that and then what i've heard is people say well the lots are so expensive that you've got to build a big enough house to make it worth the while and then I, then that confuses me cuz i'm thinking well i wouldn't want to have to build a bunch of bedrooms so that to make a bunch of beds that aren't being slept in yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. i don't want to clean toilets that aren't being flushed no no <laughs> and you know so it is very interesting how that is that can be a bit of a rat race yeah and want more and more and more from that and i i don't mm-hmm. think it's wrong for people to be ambitious no. with their careers or whatever because then a lot of that is used for helping other people and it makes the world go round to kind of spread the love you know as i always say Mm -hmm. money's like you know mayonnaise if you don't spread it it's not going to do any good you know so you really do want to spread it around but it depends on where you are in that happiness level so i think that was a really good explanation of that i agree and when when the discontent takes over like when the ambition and the the satiation for more and more and more takes over the joy and the peace of where you are that's where the discontent yeah takes place is that gap yeah and not appreciating okay i want to get there there's nothing wrong with wanting i want to get there yeah um so there's nothing wrong with wanting to get there it's just that uh, from where I am to where I'd love to be, it, it it's like what takes up the space in between. Is mm-hmm. it is it peace? Is it gratitude? Or is it, oh, look, uh-huh. is it bitterness? Is it discontent? Is it am I losing sleep because I'm I, all I can think about is getting to the next place without really appreciating where I am. You know, there I know you know there's all these studies, and I'm sure Tom, you've heard them as well. That like if it, there if you were like your twenty year old self, uh-huh. and you a- imagined like or you saw yourself where you are today, and you saw your bank account and you saw your home and you saw your cars, you'd be like, "There's no way, right?" You that know? is a great way to look at it. Yes, like you would be so satiated. I know. Like, well, you wouldn't believe shit. that it would be possible. Oh, no. You would never believe. I would have never believed my 20-year-old self that I would have the home, the car, and the bank account that I do. Mm-hmm. Never. I would have never believed it. And Or the job or the, you know, the, 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 all the travel, the life that I live, I would never believe it. And it's like wherever, it, it's just like we wherever we go in life, so many of us, it's like you up your game. Okay, now I got up my game again. Okay, I got up my game again. In fact, there was a, um, I, I got to be careful here, but there was a family that 
Craig helped because he's in the mortgage business. Uh-huh. During COVID, when the rates were super low, he helped them consolidate their debt, refinance, pay off a bunch of their debt because they had been pretty irresponsible with their finances. Yeah. And so he helped them refinance their house and and consolidate a lot of their debt and brought down the mortgage 3000 a month. I mean, it was insane what if the financial burden that Craig and his company took off of this. And this family called him this morning when I was at, because they're back in debt. They're back oh in. Oh my gosh. Like, that was. What'd they do? Get a new house? No, or? they stayed in the same house and he brought their mortgage down. But it's like, it's like, and just when you think that like, okay, now we're going to be able to take a deep breath, you know, because now we're out of our debt and now we've got our mortgage down. But what these people did is instead of using that as an opportunity to put themselves in a better financial situation, they just accumulated more debt. So what were they getting? Well, uh, I, I mean, don't know. Just some sort of debt. They credit were borrowing card. money. It was credit oh, card. It was credit card. And so now they're asking Craig again, can we refinance? It's like some of some people yeah. are, are always chasing, chasing, chasing. And and we know we've Oh yeah, We've we do. Seen this in our lives, friends, communities, and it's like so many people. Whatever they have, it's never enough. Yeah. And just when they think they have enough, now they've got to go get more. And it's like you're chasing your tail. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's easy. It's easy to do. You know, we, mm-hmm. we if you've got a great big closet. Then you're you fill it up, and yep. then you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I was thinking the other day because I need to go through my closet and get rid of a bunch of stuff. Can and you I hand was that thinking, over to me? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's listen. There's there's t-shirts with little holes in them that I keep thinking. Well, maybe I'll wear that. But uh, but you know. But I was thinking about this very thing after we after I sent you this article, and I thought, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't yearn for any more handbags i don't yearn Mm -hmm. for expensive shoes i don't yearn for i just don't i'm i'm content in a lot of ways with my closet Mm -hmm. which is really nice to be there oh yeah you know because i was thinking one day and i was thinking about i'd heard about a sale that was going on at neiman's and i thought oh i should go and see what and then i'm like I don't need it. I don't. I don't even yearn for it. Mm. And know? was, are you thinking that's different because there was a time you did? Oh yeah. Okay. There was a time when I would have wanted more and more and more. It's what mm-hmm. filled the closet up in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, was mm-hmm. wanting more and mm-hmm. thinking that, you know, oh gosh, that those shoes or whatever shoes and that and handbags were really kind of the things that I like a lot. But then one day I looked at it and I thought, you know what? I've got a nice handbag for each of my granddaughters. I don't want any more. I don't need another handbag or anything, you know, because you just get, I don't know. It's like you don't, you just, the taste of it is not settling anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of me getting older is that the so. thing that I, I, I yearn for thing is, you know, more time with my grandkids and yeah. kids. I, I have to say, I believe 
that I don't think it's an age thing because I am I'm I I'm there and I think there's people younger than me that are there. I, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I I because there was definitely also a time where I was not satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there I was I did want more, but I don't maybe it is maybe it is an age thing. I don't know, but I I have the same as you mindset as you. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing that I want more of is time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's really I want more time to live. I want more time to travel. So do you want more time to do that because you're too busy in other areas of your life? So in other words, in order for you to be content with having that extra time, are there things in your life that you think, you know what, maybe I've outgrown that or maybe I don't necessarily need to do as many of those things? I, for me, there was something about turning 50. Yeah. That really made me consider, okay, I'm on the back nine (laughs) of my life, you know? I'm on like 15, (laughs) a whole 15, (laughs) and it's a par five. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. I, I, something about turning 50 made me get into full appreciation mode of time. Mm -hmm. And I, my mom died when she was 53. Oh, yeah. That would be a quickening experience. Yes. And so for me, I have a, the reality is people can die really young. Mm-hmm. And working at the church, I did a lot of really great people's funeral when they were in their 40s and their 50s. Yeah. And 60s. Even if I died in my 60s, that's too young for me. Uh-huh. And yet... A lot of people do. And so for me, there was something about turning 50 that made me really consider, okay, I need to really consider how I use my time. Uh And and that's so fun because once you kind of get to that place, you're going to be saying yes to Mm -hmm. things that are really going to be fun for you Mm -hmm. and no to things that you could think, yeah, maybe I don't want to go on that big girl's trip. I'd rather, you know, do blah, blah, blah. with George. And yeah, (laughs) exactly. And, you know, Tova, when you and, you know, Tom, you've, Betty is so young, but at at one point you'll be there too, is then you will have grandchildren Mm -hmm. and... The, it's a whole nother ball People game. People say that. That People, is everybody like, says that. Oh my God. I never <laughs> knew I could love that deeply. I think it's because you don't have to have the responsibility mm-hmm. of it. Also, it's all good. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the the desire to spend time with those people and my children is it's it's the number one priority. So it's so so a lot of other areas in my life I can feel real uh, contentment around. I mean I'm still going to go to Mexico with my friend and do Spanish in April again, <laughs> you know. And then but but I but it's just different. Yeah. And I would argue that if you lived to be 95, it would still not be enough time to be with little Owen. That's exactly right. (laughs) That's exactly right. You do not have, I mean, that chokes me up. 
I, and he's not even my grandchild. <laughs> I know. Well, he and Skylar are both 13. I mean, that's crazy. I know. That's crazy. And I just have to imagine that there's never enough time, as long as you live on this planet, no. to be with the people that you love the no. most. And it's something. It's really interesting. It'll be so fun for y'all to experience that. And that, like oh, I, I took him wait. to, He Blair called me. She had to teach an early morning yoga class. And she said, will you, will you take Owen to basketball practice? No, it was track practice practice the oh, last early time. in the morning uh-huh. so I always I said oh my gosh I'd love to pick him up so you know he's so cute and I picked him up <laughs> at 6 30 and he gets in the car and he's like hey tutu and then we're I'm listening to the ticket of course <laughs> and so he's fake to Jerry <laughs> it was it was great a- actually it was fake Nolan Ryan and it was hilarious <laughs> but so so then he gets out of the car and I said bye Owen have a great day and he said Okay, you too, too, too. I love you. I mean, what? What? 13 years old. Pay for anything more valuable than a 13 year old boy telling his grandmother, I love you, when he gets out of the car. Nope. Yeah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. I mean, write the book, Janet, so that we can all (laughs) get it right. No No more books, Tova. (laughs) No more. You say that now. (laughs) I mean, but it does. It brings tears. Isn't it just, it's it's a richness. It's the the best part of life. Yeah, it really is. I get it. It So I think we're going to have to do this in two episodes, but... That's great. We'll start with number one, because there's 15 of them. Uh, The first one of how to be content is do what you love. Love that. Duh. Whenever you do what you love, no matter the activity, you find yourself happier. So many people are stuck in activities they find boring. And the number one culprit is their jobs. The average person spends over 20% of their total waking hours at work. So you might as well do something you enjoy. Do what you love makes being content so much easier. It boosts your self-esteem and your self-worth and makes you more motivated to try new things in life as well. I think doing what you love gives you confidence. I do too. I do too. Why do you think that? Well, I think that it gives us confidence because we are telling ourselves that we matter. You know, if I'm doing things that I love... And it's maybe sometimes not what other people would want me to do. Then it then I'm giving myself the me- the message that I matter to me, and I'm responsible for seeking those things that bring me joy. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that is going to breed contentment for sure. And for me, like the times in my life where I was doing something that I didn't love versus now where I do something that I totally love. I think that when you are doing something you love, it does boost your confidence because chances are, if you're doing something you love, you're good at it. Yeah. Yeah. And we all want to be contributing. Yeah. You know, we all want to be contributing to the world. And so if we feel like what we're spending 20% of our waking hours doing mm-hmm. is contributing to the lives, to our lives and the lives of others, how could we not feel good about yeah, that? Yeah, and if that is a value of yours, some people have a different value and they may decide that they want to work with 
animals. Perfect. Or thank and God they, they do because I don't. Them. Yeah. So <laughs> it it is. It's it's very interesting, Tom. So I have a question for you. Did you? So I know that you played in a band. So when did you decide that? You, your, this music world was the very best thing that was going to bring you contentment. Okay, so uh, in two thousand, well, in from ninety nine to two thousand four is when I was doing the band, and at the end of two thousand four, we all there were two guys that were married, and one guy had kids. Actually, maybe two guys had kids, and. It was one of those things where we just weren't f- making enough money, and yeah. it was a tough decision for all of us. It was sad, we, we, but we knew it was the end, and I was kind of like, what am I going to do now? Get a real job, or <laughs> am I going to continue to do music? Because it is. It's what I love. It's what I always wanted to do, and I just remembered thinking that the guy that recorded us uh, at Last Beat Studios, we made three records, Paul Williams, the engineer at Last Beat. I thought that dude had the coolest job. I was just mesmerized by what he got to do sitting at the desk. And I just kind of imagined myself waking up and going to the studio and recording bands. I would still be involved in making music. I wouldn't be on stage, but it was the kind of thing where this is, I was like, this is something I could see myself doing. So I immediately went to uh, Dallas Sound Lab School of Recording. Oh. And then I got an internship at the studio that my band had recorded at. Paul Williams gave me an internship. And uh, the owner, Karen Barrett, was very nice to let me work there. And within a year, I was on salary there. So um, it was just- a great story. It was basically me just kind of thinking, weighing, it took, I swear, it took an hour. I was weighing my options. Am I going (laughs) to- you know, change like go back to college and try to become have a desk job, or am I mm, going to just figure out a way to that. stay in the music business? <laughs> yeah, and that's th- what I did. That's something that is like in your blood and in your body that mm-hmm. you you know that you just can't deny. No, yeah. And I, I mean, as a drummer, and I mean, I, I'm pretty. I'm sort of a technical person anyway. So these machines up here. Um, you can see them in the camera here that I'm sitting at this big desk and these kind of machines and plugging things in and, and out. It's, it's always been my, I mean, as a boy, it was just kind of like a interest to me, I guess. So I I guess that technical part was just kind of already in me. But, uh, once I learned how to use these machines and apply them to music and having a musical background definitely helped me with the job. So it seemed like the perfect fallback uh, job for me as a musician was recording engineer. Yeah, that is so cool because you, you know, you think about, we were talking earlier about the movie, uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, and it's about this band and they record and stuff. And, and the, the engineers that are participating in recording, they make a huge difference in what oh. it sounds like. So even if you're not actually playing the drums or playing the guitar, mm-hmm. you are creating. Heck yeah, you are. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really cool. George was showing me a TikTok the other day of somebody singing and their actual recording versus what was published. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what is it called when you when you mesh it or... 
Um, uh, are you talking about a mashup? No, I'm talking about like when like mixing. You're off key. Oh, auto tune. Auto tune. Yes. Oh, and like so there was this there was this girl. <laughs> so it was somebody like what you do, Tom, who was uh, you know how the we you were talking about in a couple of episodes ago, like you don't like to to promote what you do, but George was showing me this TikTok of a producer like you. Yep who showed what the voice of whoever they were recording sounded like before he got a hold of it. And then what the actual recording sounded like. And it was such a night and day difference. I was like, how does somebody, because by the end of, by the time the producer was done with it, it sounded like a professional. It sounded like Beyonce. Well, wait. Yep. So did they? Do, so with the auto tune, do they like if you're a little flat or yes. a little sharp, it brings you back to the right. It takes you to the right. And then does it do like you put more bass in the voice or more the, treble or something? That, the, that would be the EQ. The equalizer does that. That would you know increase bass or decrease treble. But yes, the auto tuner is a device that can hear your your pitch in real time and within a millisecond bring it up or down to the pitch that you want it to be. I mean, you can tell it to go to the closest one and kind of let it do it automatically, or you can actually tell it you want it to go to like the C sharp and you might be uh, like two full steps flat and bring it up to the C sharp, but it starts to sound kind of weird. Like that recording, the most famous, uh, Autotune fail, I think, of all time is that share song. Do you believe? Oh, yeah. Next time you hear that song, listen to how robotic her voice sounds yeah, because I can, they, they I definitely would never overused know. the autotune for that. Interesting. But then the rappers, the hip hop game, they discovered autotune and they started using it as an effect. Mm. And they would they would program the autotune to like go crazy with the autotune and it, it has this very robotic sound that they wanted to they wanted it to be weird uh-huh so it, it can be used as an effect not just a correction tool you know what i'm saying yeah that's so interesting i have a friend who whose son is a gonna be he's a junior right now and he he loves music and and evidently he's really good at it and he does Okay, I'm on, I know this isn't the right word. Like, bebop, be, beep, beats. He makes Be- beats. Yeah, beatboxing. Yes, beatboxing. <laughs> but, but, but with his mouth, you mean? No, he oh. puts it together. He puts beats. Okay, so he's he, he's using you know computers <laughs> to program beats. Yeah, I would say I would call that a, a drum programmer as well. Oh. But uh, yeah, he makes beats. Yeah, and he wants to go. He wants to go to a school where he can continue to do that for college. Do you have any thoughts about where some place would be like that? Uh, okay, so there's a place in Phoenix called Full Sail. Yeah. That's probably the most famous recording school, but then some of the really famous music colleges like Berkeley and oh. that one in Nashville, I can't remember the name of it, um, Bent something or... It starts with a B. Anyway, there... And then the new school in New York City is pretty awesome, but Berkeley and Boston is all of those really awesome music schools have classes in this. Nice. Well, but my, as far as like engineering, what I do, their full sale is the be all end all for that. 
Okay. I think they're based well, in Phoenix. We totally digress, but my whole point in bringing that up, this yeah. is my fault. Is, it is your fault. <laughs> is when George was showing me that, I was like, that is so unbelievable. And and I was like, so how does somebody go live like that? Like if I have a terrible voice, but then I go to a live show, how would I give a concert? He's like, mom, they can do that while they're performing. And my mind was just blowing. And my whole point in this is like, there is a dance space for every human being on the planet. Like, yes. like Tom, if you didn't do what you do, we we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Right. And and I think that that's so freaking cool how, like, I depend on you, depend on you. Yeah. And you all depend on me. Like, we all, and I depend on the guy at, at, the, at the service station to fix my tire. And, yeah. you know, it's like, there's, there is not a, I am just a, mm -hmm. like, so if you love to fix cars, fix cars. And if you love to make beats, make beats. And well, and, and I think it all matters. It does matter. And I think that's a great point to make because I think that that's going to breed contentment. Mm -hmm. If you are, if you are fascinated with making beats, then you <laughs> should pursue something that would have that. So I'm yes. not, I don't know what it would be. My but like, kids would really appreciate if those people would keep making beats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you and, and I probably not so much. Well, <laughs> and I think I think too. I think that the in this it, the second one in uh, tips to uh, to be content is to be grateful. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is a great a great place for us to talk about that because if things had not evolved, if everything was exactly the same as it had always been and think, well, why would we need to auto tune those voices? If they can't sing it right, they shouldn't be there, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. But that has made things elevated and it, things sure. have been bigger and better because of that. And I think as we, as we are, when we think about these sort of tips to contentment is gratitude. There's no doubt that gratitude That's is be the, the basis. Mm -hmm. It's the base of contentment. It is. It, yeah. it, there's absolutely, I mean, research proves that. Yeah, there, it does. There's, uh, in my gratitude journal, um, it, it the first few pages are all about the science behind what gratitude, how gratitude can breed joy, contentment, peace in our souls. I mean, it is, it is, that is research driven. Yeah. That yeah. gratitude changes our mind. Well, and, and, you know, this talks about when you take stock of everything you have, friends, family, possessions, health, you'll find things to be happy about. Always. And, you know, chasing away the negative thoughts creates room for mm -hmm. a better perspective in life. So if I sat around and thought, golly, I'm 70 years old. Wonder how long I'm going to live. Wonder, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Then I'm missing out on the very essence of joy in being able to say, yeah, you know what? I'm 70 years old and I am so freaking grateful mm -hmm. for that because mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who don't make it. Oh, and you know? you're not just 70. You are healthy. Yeah, you have I am a healthy. great marriage. You have been crazy successful. You have a beautiful family. My sister years ago gave me this plaque in my house that I have up on my bookshelf, and it said she created the life she loved. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that about you. It's not like you tripped into this beautiful life. I think that gratitude has been a huge catalyst for both of us uh-huh. to to catapulting us into creating. Nobody gave us this life. We created this life. Right. And I think that I know, I don't think, I know that gra- our attitudes of gratitude have cultivated a, a the life that we have created, not right. that's been given to us. Well, and I think that when people are in a state of gratitude, then I think they're more aware of more and more things for which to be grateful. <laughs> so it kind of sure. like it perpetuates itself. You know, because if you're noticing the little things, then those little things turn into bigger things. And and my dad had I think it was Chuck Swindoll had. Do do, have you ever heard that name? Yeah. What is Uh, that name? He was a TV evangelist back when I was young. Okay, I'm like I know this name. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And um and he and he talked about the attitude of gratitude. And my dad sent a copy of that to all of the grand children and my dad lived and breathed that Mm. that attitude of gratitude Mm. and it really does make a difference oh i one thousand it's all perspective yeah it is so do you want to look at life from a place of lack or do you want to look at life from a place of abundance that's right and no matter where you sit you can look at it from either side of the fence and if you are focusing on living a life of abundance then gratitude is what's going to get you there 100 and so yeah it's we can't we create that for ourselves in conjunction with the universe or god or whatever Mm -hmm. word you want to use you know there's no doubt about that yeah yeah i think that goes along with the next one me too appreciate the small things in life who doesn't want to live a simple and happy life Focus on the little things that give you pleasure, like taking a walk, playing with a pet, or feeling the warmth of sunlight on your face on a beautiful summer day. What simple things do you think you appreciate the most, Janice? Well, I think things like Owen saying, I love you, Tutu, when oh. he got out of the car. <laughs> yeah. That Those sort of things. And, the, and all of the grandchildren, the little things they do, like hugging you, or they're just so joyful, you mm-hmm. know, and they're always so sweet to me. That's, that's one thing. Uh, you know, we, I don't know if I've said this on, on the air, but Tom and I got a dog, buddy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and, and he, he's really, when he's sweet, he's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's really interesting because he has such a sweet nature that just <laughs> gives him a richness to just being in the, you know, tonight Tom goes to tennis, and so I'll be home with Betty, and we'll just sit on the couch and watch Old Survivors. <laughs> That's pretty simple. So cute. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. But what that, about you? I'm, I'm like, I. in fact, I said to Craig this morning, I was like, and I've said this to him before, but I am very simple when it comes to... Like my favorite nights are the nights that we stay home and cook. Uh-huh. And it's kind of funny because I don't know what made me think about this, but I was talking about how in life there's seasons. And one of the things that was really difficult for me in the season of singleness 
between getting divorced and finding Craig yeah. was um, going out as a single mom. Like that felt really strange to me. Yeah. That it, was a hard thing for me to get used me to. Me too. Was it? Yes. And, and uh, some people, when they're married, they kind of fantasize about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I know some of my friends who have been married for a long time, they'll talk about, God, what would that be like? I'm like, it's overrated. It's not what it's cracked overrated. up to be. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, I thought about, you know, it really, for me, that now being back in a settled yeah peaceful calm loving trusting relationship mm-hmm. has brought back that contentment that i w- had in i thought i had in my marriage mm-hmm. but now i feel it again and so it's the simple things of stability and mm-hmm. coming home and i mean when craig grabs my hand on the console of the car there's something so precious about mm-hmm. that to me there's like those are the th- little simple yeah. things that bring me contentment yeah and having you know I think one of the things that I so like and appreciate about Tom is that he really has my back mm-hmm. and he's he's a he he's sure he's very supportive of me and what I want and he just he just has my back and that feels really really good yeah but there's not a lot of 20 year olds that are sitting around being like i'm just so content that thank johnny, you johnny johnny has my back you know? <laughs> but i need to go shopping exactly <laughs> to make it even better <laughs> to make it even more content <laughs> so maybe you're right maybe there is an element of age that comes with contentment but what about you tom what what little things in life bring you a sense of contentment uh definitely staying home uh mm-hmm. on the weekends i really like that um what do you do when you're at home on the weekends um catch up on television usually eat really good cooking because maureen loves to cook yeah That's so cute. um not spending money not looking for parking spaces not <laughs> being part of the rat race um i don't know Th- those types of things. Just, I, I really do like to keep it simple, yeah, as much as I can. But uh, then also golf. I mean, I, oh, I agree. I, with I you literally on that. would play every single day if I could. I, I would play a round of golf every day if I could. That I totally agree with you. That there is something so beautiful and brings so much content about playing golf. I'm right there with you. I'm probably not as good as you, (laughs) but there's something about being in the sun and the peacefulness and maybe a, you know, a a little background music. Yeah. Sinking a putt. Yeah. yeah. It feels really good. Hearing the ping on the drive and you're just with, you're usually with people that you really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I played with George this weekend. Oh, you did? I played with Craig last week. I played with his boys the weekend. I mean, there's just something really content. Yeah, Tom and I play that. golf together, too. I hurt my shoulder, so I haven't been able to do it very well. Is he a good golfer? Uh-huh, he's a pretty good golfer. Is he? Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me. He yeah. has a golfer way yeah. about he's him. he's real athletic. He played <laughs> football in high school and did he? ran track. Uh-huh. Yeah, he does. Does he still run? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He looks like and a plays runner. tennis. 
So we probably should end with that since yep. we're um, winding down on our time together. But we will pick this conversation up next week. We will start with number four, serve others. Yes. Serve me, please. <laughs> please serve <laughs> us. <laughs> Um, in the meantime we hope these remedies help you your life and that you have an amazing week thanks for listening thank you for listening 